to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, once again, we are going to delve deeper and deeper into how to divorce-proof your marriage. We've talked about that you have an enemy, Satan. We've talked about that there are four spiritual laws of love, that if you operate in state and and abide by those laws, you will divorce-proof your marriage. We've talked about supernatural sex, and we've talked about that your souls need to be delivered and healed, that we are all wounded souls, and it's from these wounded souls that enable the enemy to infiltrate and destroy our marriage. And I would like to delve a little bit deeper into the aspects of, let's say you are dating a potential spouse and what should you be doing to assure that you are divorce-proofing your marriage? Well, the first thing is that you got to make sure that you're spiritually in alignment, right? So you're spiritually in alignment. And so when you are spiritually in alignment, that means that you believe the same things. You believe, in my case, I believe in Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe that there's only one true God, Daddy God, Yuevahe, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus is not only my Savior, but my Lord, and that if I truly love Him, I will obey His commandments. Now, here we go into the arena of where we are now, which is the arena of dating. And in the arena of dating, God wants us to be pure. He wants us to obey Him and do not um, place ourselves in a position where we could violate one of the major things that God does not want us to do, and, and that is to have sex prior to marriage. So the boundaries are set. And it's made clear by both parties that this is a boundary that they, this boundary should not be violated. So what happens? Why do people violate these boundaries? And one of the issues is passion. And God designs passion. He places the passion in the man. He places the passion in the woman. He does this on purpose because he wants you to have a passionate, loving relationship. However, in the dating stages, certain passions should be left for the wedding night. Why? Because once your passions are ignited, it could burn up your body, your soul, and your spirit. And the only thing that can contain those passionate, blazing flames of passion, those blazing flames of fire, is the marriage bed. And you need to surround yourselves with godly counselors. You need to be transparent 
and make sure that you have someone that you are accountable to. And I have several, several people that I feel um, comfortable with to share my inner thoughts about my relationship. But there are only really one or two that I will really disclose in more detail to my inner workings of my being about my relationship. Why? Because you do also have to have a certain amount of trust with your partner that you are dating. So one of the issues is when you are dating in today's culture where people are already having sex prior to marriage, Kissing someone seems like um, not a big deal, but it is a big deal if it arouses certain passions. So even your kissing needs to be monitored and kept under the fruit of self-control. So this is kind of unusual in this day and age of people saying, well, I've got to monitor how I kiss or how I behave with my um, future spouse because I do not want to violate the, the, um, the, the boundaries that Daddy Guy Yue Vahe has set so in order to have a divorce-proof marriage. Okay. So let's take a look at what the dynamics of what is happening. Of course, this person likes you, you like them. That's a, that's a, that's a bonus in itself. Cause you know, very few people like each other these days. Then you've got not only that, you, you have, you've stepped it up a notch. You find that person sexually appealing and attractive. So that takes your relationship to a Another level, right? So now that you, you like this person, you're sexually attracted to this person. And then in my case, I have the, the bonus of I am very, um, attracted to their spirit. So they are spiritually in alignment with the things that I believe in. And so that's, um, that takes your, the relationship to a whole nother level. So for me, it is the spiritual is first, then the soul, and then the body. So why is it that we get off track and go get outside of these boundaries? Well, one of the things is God has designed the woman to be very, um, I guess I almost want to use the word malleable. Um, women when they love somebody, when they are attracted to somebody, they are designed to be very, very um, pliable, um, very, very um, moldable, um, very, very, very much wanting to please the person that they love. That's why fathers and mothers, when they're raising the children, they each have their role. And it is important to have the father because the father normally is a little bit harder when it comes to dealing with issues with the children. And the mother is a little bit more softer in many cases, unless you're a single 
parent, and which is in my case, and I have to be hard and soft at the same time. So, so what's happening here? The woman is, is conforming. She's molding. She's learning and understanding this individual who may be a potential spouse, right? So as they walk through this journey of dating, um, it is evident that the man has desires and the woman has desires. And these are desires that are not, they're not bad. They're desires that God has placed in the man, in the woman, for marriage, right? So basically what you in, in the songs of Solomon, um, he, it clearly states that you do not want to awaken those um, desires prior to the wedding night, right? When you consummate the marriage. So what happens in our culture now in all this um, freedom that we have, we, we don't, we're not going back to the Old Testament days of Mary and Joseph where, you know, there was a lot of distance that was kept between the engaged couple and they were always chaperoned. There was always someone in the room or nearby. So, so now we don't have a chaperone anymore. We don't have anybody nearby. So it's basically the individuals have to be their own chaperones. They have to be their own gatekeepers. They have to make sure that they stay within the confines of what God has ordained to happen in a relationship between a man and a woman prior to marriage. So this is where we have some issues and problems. The man desires the woman. The woman desires the man. And if there are no safeguards, and if you're in a, a I guess I would say, compromising position, you could, as we say in uh, my culture, you, the woman could fall, the man could fall, and succumb to their desires and have sex outside of marriage. The other interesting thing about this is that the woman, the woman is is designed, the woman is groomed to want to um, please her man. So unfortunately, that woman has a predisposition in some cases to want to please the man. And so if the man... Um, the man can be very persuasive, and with that predisposition of the woman, this could also place the couple in a very precarious situation. So why is this so important to divorce-proofing your marriage? I call this the wicked twist of sex. The wicked twist of sex outside of marriage. The man desires it. The woman desires to please the man. And then if the woman succumbs because they are getting married, because he has made a commitment, I have a ring on my finger, I'm engaged, right? Um, and 
and and nine times out of ten, they're going to follow through and they are going to get married. But this is the problem. If the couple succumbs and the woman acquiesces and the couple has sex, premarital sex, marriage, sex prior to marriage, they have planted the seed of that I call the wicked twist. And this is the wicked twist. The woman thinks that she's doing something good for her, for her relationship with her future spouse. She, she has surrendered herself to him to let him know that she truly does love him, right? And, and so when that is done prior to marriage, there's a wicked twist that has been added, a seed from the pit of hell that has been added into the marriage. This seed will come back and if not dealt with, will come back and destroy the marriage. So here goes the wicked twist. So you succumbed. You repented. You're very sorrowful. You asked God's forgiveness, which is always good. However, and God is forgiving you. Christ Jesus died on the cross. The blood covers it. But there will be consequences. This is the part that people don't tell everyone. And so one of the consequences is that a wicked seed has been planted in the bedrock of your marriage prior to getting married. So, Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis, why is that such a big deal? I mean, they're married now and they were going to get married and, you know, they, they fell and, but they repented and they got back on their feet and they got married, which is what they should do, right? But Satan has a, has an opening. Satan has a door. And we already know that you have an enemy, an enemy that's come, that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy your marriage. This enemy, Satan, is a liar. He's a deceiver. He is the accuser. He is every evil, vile, polluted thing on this earth. And he's coming with a vengeance. For your marriage And he has a gateway He has a door The wicked seed was planted Prior to the marriage So what is this wicked seed? Here we go Now you're married You can have all the sex you want Whenever you want it Wherever you want it As long as both parties Are consensual You have to be in consent even in marriage, right? So time goes by, years go by. Now we have children. Now we have bills. Now we have a job. Now we have health issues. Now we have life, life, life. The wife may have gained a few pounds. The husband may have gained a few pounds. Things, the dynamics of the marriage has changed from the honeymoon stage, right? And then, depending on where you are in age, you might be getting ready to go through your midlife crisis where you look at your midlife point and you say, is this where I want to go? Is this how I want my life to go? And you want to make a course correction. You want to make some changes. This is not how I thought our marriage would be. This is not 
I wasn't expecting this. You you said that you were going to always be there for me and all these kind of things. And then you've got the forces of evil that are pounding on your marriage, that come through your family, that come through your friends, that come through the forces of darkness. And you get weary. You get tired. You get lazy. You don't keep yourself looking as nice as you did prior to marriage. You don't work out like you should. By this time, you've had several probably major differences, some woundings with your tongue because no one can hurt you like your spouse, right? So your soul that was already wounded prior to marriage is now wounded even more from the the day-to-day issues of being married. And what happens? Your wife cannot give you something that she gave you prior to marriage. And that is sex with the wicked twist. Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis, what do you mean by sex with the wicked twist? I mean, now that your wife is legally bound to you, you have your, her body belongs to you and your body belongs to her. But one thing she can no longer give you is sex outside of marriage. She can no longer give you sex with the wicked twist. So what happens? One day you're at the office and the secretary who just adores you and you are very upset with your wife and you open yourself up and share some intimate things about your relationship. And of course, she's extremely sympathetic. And guess what she has that your wife can't give you? She can give you sex with the wicked twist. She can give you premarital sex outside of marriage. Well, let's go the other route. Let's go to the wife. He no longer says that you're beautiful. He no longer spends time talking to you. He just wants to make sure that the kids are put to bed and everybody's fed and he's fed and the house is clean. You're tired. You're worn down. You haven't heard a kind word from him in years. As a matter of fact, (laughs) he's always criticizing you, a critical spirit. Before he would praise you, say how beautiful you were, that you're the only one for him. But guess what? He doesn't say those things anymore. Matter of fact, he talks about you're getting a little weight, gaining a little weight, aren't you? You're feeling alone in some ways. It's like you're two ships passing in the night, not spending hardly any time. Oh, yes. You get dressed, you get ready, and the family goes to church, and you have dinner as a family, and you go back home, and You go through the routine of going to work and cooking and cleaning and helping with the homework and doing these things. But there's no more. There's no date night. Right. Not anymore. There's no long conversations where he listened to every word you said. No, those days are long past. And a neighbor, a friend. Matter of fact, this this gentleman is in your social circle and he has caught your eye. He tells you how beautiful you are. He starts complimenting you. He's always extremely helpful with you and will have a listening ear to your concerns and about your husband. You open up and share some intimate things about your marriage with this gentleman. And guess what? He has something. He has something that your husband cannot give you. And guess what it is? It's sex with the wicked twist. 
He can give you sex outside of marriage. This seed is planted by Satan himself to implode, to destroy your marriage. Trust, fidelity, those are cornerstones to a successful marriage. In some cases, you may not even have committed adultery, but due to whatever, you, you now have a job at night. And so you're no longer at home at night. You're working and, hmm, and your husband gets invited to a very prestigious event and he needs an escort. And guess what? One of your friends, single, volunteers to be his escort while you're working at night, <laughs> not in position. This seed is is set to destroy your marriage. The wicked twist of premarital sex. This is why it is critical. This is why it is critical that you stay within the boundaries and not have sex prior to marriage. Matter of fact, don't even place yourself in the position of heavy petting because that once again will lead to desires that will smolder and can only be quenched the right way in the marriage bed. And marriage is not just about having sex. Marriage is a partnership where two people are focused on the things of God, on their holy destiny that God has put them together for, their holy destiny. And in some cases, it's about procreation, about raising godly seeds, raising godly children to go forth to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. It's bigger than just sex, although sex is very important in marriage. Supernatural sex is extremely important, which few people have. The coupling of the spirit, the coupling of the soul, and the coupling of the bodies. If that, that couple maintains purity, keep their marriage, keep their relationship pure, and stay within the confounds and the boundaries of their marriage and develop a true friendship, develop a true partnership, and are on the same page about the major things in life, such as their faith, such as their children, such as money. Oh, yes, money, 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 money is very important. One of the things that I make very clear to any um, candidate for marriage for me is my future spouse must be a tither, giving a minimum 10% off the top of his income to the kingdom of God, to the church and offerings, minimum. And so I feel that if you don't tithe, then your money is subject to the to the curse and the enemy has free access to steal, kill and destroy. So these are very important things. Your position on on sex your position on finances, your position on children, but most importantly, your position about Jesus the Christ, about Daddy God, Yuhei Vahe, and Lord God, 
Holy Spirit. These are critical, critical to divorce-proofing your marriage. I want to delve even deeper into this, but if you stay within the confines of the boundaries that God has ordained for you to do prior to marriage, you follow the four spiritual, the four laws of love, right? Number one law of love is the law of priority. Your spouse is number one. Number two, the the law of pursuit. You continue doing the things you did prior to marriage as far as dating and pursuing your spouse. The law of number three, the law of partnership. You are a true partner with your spouse. No one is not You are equal, you are co-heirs in Christ Jesus. And number four, the law of purity. Keeping your marriage pure in the sense of your thought life about your spouse. Thinking the very best of your spouse instead of thinking the very worst of your spouse. Because the accuser is coming. Satan is going to fill your spouse's mind up with thoughts that are not of God. Accusing your spouse, basically. So those four laws have to be maintained. So let us continue this discussion next week. But I don't want to end this broadcast without saying Romans 10.9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence.